Good morning, Eastside family. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I want to say thank you to Keith Wise for his attempt to wearing a suit and tie as I instructed him in my notes. Now, Sharon, on the other hand, did not wear the bow I had requested in her hair. Neither did the Carringtons last week. James, you usually sit in that section. Thank you for communion wherever you are. Um, we're sorry to hear about your grandfather, and we thank you for, for being open and sharing those thoughts with us. Matthew 5. Verse 1, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he, he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And our verse for today that will be the focus of our attention is verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So, are, are, are you hungry? Are you, are you having a hard time concentrating right now because all you can think about is what you're going to eat for lunch. I mean, that never happens, does it? Maybe right now you're thinking about ribs, pork ribs, tender, fall-off-the-bone ribs with, with a beautiful glaze. I mean, isn't that awesome? Or maybe you're going, yeah, but you know, what I would really love would be, Eddie, I would love some, some tangy, spicy buffalo wings with a beautiful sauce that I could, I could dip them in. Or maybe, maybe all you can think about this morning is one massive, giant tray of Chick-fil-A nuggets. Soon as church is over, that's, oh, wait. Chick-fil-A, is there not a way to be a Christian and still have Chick-fil-A open on Sundays? i got to figure that out. But until then, you want chicken, let's go, to, let's go to Popeye's. You ever had their biscuits with their crispy chicken? It's moist. It's just around the corner from our house, isn't it, Bridget? Oh, it's beautiful. Or wouldn't you like, maybe you're thinking about, you can just see that piece of pizza right now as you lift it from the tray, that cheese pizza, Domino's. All right, all right, all right. How in the world did that happen? <laughs> the owner of Marcos is here if you're wondering. 
Look at all the pepperoni on there. You can't buy a piece without getting a piece. And look at that cheese bread. I was with Levi, knowing Grayson the other day at Marco's, and Annie came walking out just out of the oven with that, that cheesy bread and the marinara sauce. Or, 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 or do you like shrimp? The other day I was with Matt and Teresa and Karen, and we were at, what is it called, um, Bonefish Grill. You ever had their bang, bang shrimp? Or you know how, how I really like shrimp? You take it and you butterfly it. You put a piece of Monterey Jack cheese and you put a piece of jalapeno there. You close it up and you wrap bacon around it. You put a sauce on it and you put it on the grill. Oh, that, that is absolutely incredible. And then maybe you're thinking, yeah, Eddie, I'm done with food. I want dessert. I love, I just love to have me a good hot fudge Sunday where the fudge is warm and it's running down and there's the beautiful cream on top of the maraschino cherry. Or maybe you're thinking, no, no, no. Fresh, warm, crispy cream donuts. You ever, you ever seen that red sign? Y'all stay with me now, all right? Stay with me. Or maybe, no, no, I want the raspberry-filled donut where you bite into it and they just that raspberry just goes straight into your mouth. Or maybe just go to Cracker Barrel and get a piece of pecan pie. And you know why that ice cream is kind of melting over the sides? Because it's warm. The pie is warm. Are you hungry? No, I wasn't until I came, Eddie. Just what about this? What about a cheeseburger? I mean, the meat has just been, the meat has just been like seared beautifully where it keeps that, that moisture of the, uh, inside the meat and, and the, the, cheese, the meat's so warm that the, the cheese is just melting over the meat and you've got how many pieces of bacon? Last Saturday, um, Joshua and Scott and Mike and I, we... We just finished climbing La Plata Peak, and girls, wow, wow. For those of you that were hiking yesterday on Quandary Peak, that's just wow. We had finished it. You remember how you felt? You're just famished. And so if you're anywhere near Buena Vista, you're going to go to Kays. You ever been to Kays? It's incredible. So we went to Kays, and, and thanks to Scott, he bought his cheeseburgers, and I took that. I'm starving. And I bit into that cheeseburger, and it just took me away. It took me away to this place of euphoric bliss. And I, and I was holding that cheeseburger thinking, blessed are those who eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh, for they will, they will be filled. Kind of. Kind of. Because after we finished our cheeseburger, Mike Nichols, he's, he said, no, I, I want one of those milkshakes. And so he went up to the counter, and he said to her these were his words, I want one of those gigantic 32-ounce, I don't know, they're monstrous raspberry milkshake. And I was with him, but I wasn't planning on getting one, but I'm kind of starting to feel the pressure. He's one of my elders. I'm supposed to be following, aren't we, their example. And so 
Well, I'll have a 32-ounce milkshake also, but I'm not going to go with that rich raspberry flavor. That's nuts. I'll just have a plain vanilla with chocolate chip cookie dough balls inside of it. They were so big you couldn't even get them through the straw. And so I had to just eat it with a spoon. And the, it, it didn't matter. The ice cream was just going all over my beard. And you're sitting here thinking, that's gray? That's just the vanilla ice cream that's on my beard. And I'm in the car. It's about a two-hour ride home from Buena Vista. And I'm starting to feel guilty. Like I have sinned or something. Because I've really been trying hard to to not eat crazy, and, and I, just, I was feeling bloated. It was like some kind of milkshake hangover, and I gave myself that sermon on the way home. None more of that. When you get home, you're going to eat responsibly. I'm done with all these crazy cheeseburgers and milkshakes. And I got home. I couldn't even eat dinner. And I got up and I came to church. And I got on the phone that afternoon to go to a life group. And I called Rosemary to make sure the life group's at Rosemary Locksman's house. And she said, yeah. And she says, I'm making goulash. And I thought, well, goulash, that's what we used to eat in the Czech Republic. I'll be there. And I'm driving to her house and I'm saying to myself, I've got that sermon going. You've preached it to yourself. When you get there, you're eating this, this, and this. No desserts, no bread, just this. And I'll eat some of the vegetables. And I got there so well behaved. I just had the goulash, no bread. I had some of the fresh vegetables she had set out. And then sweet little Rosemary walks out with a lemon meringue pie. And it's not enough to have lemon meringue pie. But then she also comes along with this Briar's ice cream. She'd already had sitting out, so it was already soft and melting. You're going to hurt Rosemary's feelings? Absolutely not. So I had just a little. And then I went home and I said, that's it. I'm done. No more. I was hardly home an hour until I got this text message from Joe and Amory. It said it was a picture of a cake. They just made a pear upside down cake. Dinner tomorrow at our place? Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> so I went to Joe and Amy's and we had dinner. And she didn't say, do you want a piece of cake? It just came out with whipped cream on top. What do you do? They had worked hard on it. Pears are healthy. <laughs> kind of like chocolate chip cookie balls. The balls are healthy. And I ate the whole thing. And after I got through, Amy looked at me. And you know what she said? Do you want another piece, Eddie? <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, I'm backed in the corner now. Because if I say no, that means I don't like your cake. So I'll take one for the team. You sure, Amy? Well, Eddie, do you want whipped cream on top of it? I'm thinking, dude, you're in 12 foot of water. What's 13? <laughs> really? <laughs> What's 13 going to matter? And so I'm on my way home, and I get another text message from West and Lucina. You want to come over to our house tomorrow night to eat? He made steak. It was beautiful. I got through with my piece, and he took the piece of the plate of leftover steak and set it right next to me. What's a man to do? I went home. I'm done. I'm done with this. It's got to stop. I'm telling you, I sat down 30 minutes later. This text message came from Bill Altoff. I left you a treat hanging on your front door. Buy you Billy's mock chaw. That is a beautiful 
Cajun dish. It never, ever stops. <laughs> Jesus, by the well, outside of a town called Sychar, to a Samaritan woman, he said to her, everyone who drinks of this water and eats of these cheeseburgers and this pizza, these milkshakes and all those things that, are, are, that it figuratively represents, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. It just never ends. But listen, listen. Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Sometime later in Galilee, Jesus is with some 5,000 plus people and he's taught them and they're hungry and he's fed them. And the passage says there that he fed them till they had their fill. They had enough, but he knew it wasn't enough. He knew that they didn't have their fill. He knew how they would be feeling the next morning when they got up. And so he said these words to them. I, I, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. And so too this crowd of people gathered on the side of a mountain in Galilee, likely overlooking uh, the Sea of Galilee, Jesus says to these people, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Are you hungry? Or, or are, you, are you hangry? Are you hangry? Do you know what? Do you live with someone that gets hangry? Do you know what hanger is? Hanger is hunger that leads to anger. You live with somebody that when they haven't had their feet, they just get irritable. You see people looking at their spouses now. And it's not like just leads to it, but it's bad behavior that you choose because of hunger. And that's that woman at the well that Jesus was speaking to, that Samaritan woman. She had some really, really bad behavior. You know, you know we might have put her in the category of a sexual addict or a relationship addict or something like that. She had been just passing herself on from one man to the other, to the other, to the other. And Jesus is looking at her, and he's not going, oh, you are a shameful, dirty woman. He sees that this dear, dear, precious woman is hungry. She's empty. And she's so incredibly, desperately trying to fill this empty place with something or someone. And she gets up every morning and she's still empty. In our current sermon series that we're on here in the Beatitudes, it's a, it's a step of faith we're taking of our leadership 
to consider moving in the direction of a vision of recovery, of a recovery ministry at Eastside, helping people with bad behavior like you and like me and like people outside of our community, helping people with some really nasty stuff going on in their lives. That's why we're looking at this, these Beatitudes. And one of the things I think you realize is that at the root of it all, of what's going on, the problems that we struggle with and deal with, this beatitude is really saying this is very likely is it. It's very likely because you're hungry or hangry, perhaps we could say. So many of us battling in life with some bad habits and some hang-ups, some hurts and bad behavior. It's not because we just get up and say, I'm going to be bad. It's because there's something not right. There's something empty, and you're, you're, you're just hangry. That's at the root of it. So, trying, so desperately trying to fill those empty places in, us, in our lives with, with stuff that will just never fill us. So we get up every morning battling with these feelings, and it plays out in, in negative ways in our lives, hurtful ways to ourselves and to others. And so Jesus, it's such a beautiful, masterful teaching here. He speaks words of truth and healing and hope to our hungry lives and to a hungry world. And, and, you know, when I say the word hunger, I'm not sure if we really get it. Yeah, I haven't eaten in two hours. I'm starved. The people that Jesus was speaking with here, they got it. They understood what he meant. Water was at a premium. Food sometimes was, was scarce. You didn't have a harvest you may not be able to eat for a, a period of time. These people understood that when Jesus spoke about hungering and thirsting for righteousness, they were hearing it meant to hunger and thirst for it as though you couldn't live without it, as though your very life depended on it. They understood it to mean to desire and to seek God his righteousness more than anything else in the world. And Jesus is going to pick up on that in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, oh, seek first, hunger more, thirst more for anything else more above all other things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so, so we're actually following this, this flow of thought in the Beatitudes, they're not always, look at this one, look at this one. They all are, are connected. And it's that individual that we've looked at who's poor in spirit that just realizes, man, I, am, I don't have it. I am empty. I am insufficient. I am incapable. I just don't have it in me to do what needs to be done and to lead you to this incredible state of mourning, that godly sorrow that in turn causes me to have a, 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 a character of meekness towards others that leads me to cry out to God for that which the world can never give me. It's a, it's a hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Oh, there's a lot to be said. So many of the people that write on this beatitude are trying to figure out, well, what does he mean? What does he mean? Well, read the whole Sermon on the Mount. He really does a great job of unpacking the definition of, of righteousness in that context. It's described by some as a, a, a desire for a sense of, of right and wrong. My goodness, that's missing. 
We're missing it in our society. It's like, is there a right and wrong? It's says, God, I'm desiring and hungering for. I'm confused about it, but I'm desiring a sense of, of right and wrong in my life and in my world. It's a burning desire for things to be made right in me and in this world. It's, it's, a, it's even, you could say, a sense a, a longing for justice. Oh, that's huge. What's huge, we hear that constantly of just what's of, of injustices and justices and this, this dear boy that was killed in Texas and all the debate and discussion at the root of it all. There's just hungering and desire for what's right and what's just, and we're struggling to figure out what is it. But we're but, but we're feeling the need for something. How do we how do we grasp that? And Jesus is pointing us towards it. He's pointing us there. It's a desire for me to be right with God, a longing to be holy. And though many of us don't realize that we're hungry for something, we don't realize this is a longing to be holy. It's a longing, many don't understand this, to be free from sin and its power. It's a longing for God's goodness in my life. For God's goodness in the world. It's a longing to know God and to be in close fellowship with God. Even though I don't know that, that's what it is. I'm hungry. You ever been there? I'm hungry for something that just don't know what? That's it. And it's not, it is not a righteousness of my own that I accomplish, that I achieve. Because in that, you'll always come up empty and hungry because you can just never get righteous enough, can you? That was so prevalent in the people of Jesus' day that he was speaking to. It's prevalent here as well. One writer following the context of the Sermon on the Mount, if you know the context, he does a beautiful job in describing this hungering and thirsting for, for the righteousness of God in a general sense as something on the inside that impacts and affects and influences how I live on the outside. And that something... On the inside, it's God. That's it. You see, this idea of righteousness, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, that's the essence of who God is. It's the essence of His character. And so to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to hunger and thirst for the person, for the presence, for the indwelling, and for the character of God in my life. Listen, you as a person, your body, your soul, your being, it hungers. It's, 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 you, were, you were created with a holy hunger. And that's biblical. It's in the book of Genesis. God created all of us, not some of us. He created us all in, in His image. created us to be like Him, to be in fellowship with Him. He created us to be in the presence of God, in God's presence in our lives. But someone came along and says, would you like some of this? And so the story of man said, yeah. So all of a sudden, in disobedience, the story of man turned from God, and it, it broke something so beautiful. It broke that close relationship with God. And it created that, that empty place, that void, that absence of God. And it, and it left us, and some of us identify with this, with this nagging feeling of something's not right. 
Something in me is broken. Something in me is so incredibly empty, and God's not satisfied with that either. So God worked beautifully through history. You, story the, you study this story through Scripture. God worked to fix what man broke, to fill that void, and it was all fulfilled in Jesus Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit so God could restore what he originally intended from creation for us to find our fulfillment, our identity, and our fullness completely in him. And so, so this, this, this beatitude, it, it's like the first three. Remember, I told you about you don't go out and try to do this. Go be poor in spirit. Everybody go mourn and start crying. Go be really meek. It's not about going and trying to do something. It's recognizing that you are. And then realizing in that state of hunger and hopelessness and helplessness, God in that moment can so deeply and richly Bless you. So the objective of the sermon today isn't, all right, everybody, get out there and start hungering and thirsting as much as you can. It's to realize that, that you do. And all of a sudden realize that's what's wrong. And to turn to God and say, God, I need what only you can give. We are all, I think I said this, we're created by God, all of us. Not a single person in this world is not created by God, obviously. That means we're all programmed with a hunger for Him. So here's my point. We all hunger, I believe this, we all hunger and thirst for God. We just don't all know it. We know there's something wrong. And so there's so many out there trying to figure out where is it, what is it, and they can just never be filled, and so they just live their lives hangry. It plays out negatively with unhealthy behavior. Are you hungry? <laughs> and you may be going, yes, but I'm not supposed to be. Because Eddie, for Pete's sake, or I don't know where Pete came from, but Eddie, I, like, July 21st, 2001, I was baptized, and um, I, I, I was freed of my sins, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I still feel empty. So there's a very important, I think you might call it a technical point here in this beatitude that, that's very significant. The verb tense that's used here for hunger, thirst, and filled is a continual hungering thirsting and feeling. So it's kind of like to say what I said originally. It'd be like saying, you know what? I, I just don't get it on July 21st, 2014. I filled up my car, but it's just sitting there. Duh. But Eddie, I, I come to church every Sunday. Seriously? That is it? That's the full extent of your spiritual nourishment, and you're trying to figure out what's wrong with me. That's like going to the doctor and saying, I don't know why I'm so weak and so frail and so just lacking of energy. Every Sunday, once a week, I, I eat. We will never cease 
to hunger and thirst for God in His righteousness. It's a continual nourishing. I believe this is calling us to. And here's the thing about it. And I may say, why did you say that later on? I think it's true, though. It's my experience. The more I feed and draw from the well of the presence of God and His Spirit and His Word in my life, the more I discover how hungry and thirsty I am for Him. That's what happens. Are you hungry? I've referred to um, Don McGinty's mother's book. She did a great job on the Beatitudes. And, and at the end of this chapter on the, uh, this particular Beatitude, she closes what she calls a, a test of spiritual appetite. She created uh, like um, 11 questions to say, this is how you determine if you're hungry and thirsty or to kind of identify a diagnosis of your condition. So I'm not going to read hers, but I've created my own. Are you hungry? Do you walk daily with God in prayer and time in His Word, or is your Sunday morning attendance the full extent of your spiritual nourishment? Do the activities of your daily life, do they show that you seek after God more than anything else in the world? Is it clear by following your life that you crave God? In every moment. What more than anything else are you filling your life with? Is God and His righteousness the greatest desire and deepest longing of your life? Are there things in your life contrary to the will of God, which you know, because the Spirit's been telling you this, it shouldn't be there. And you're hurting others. And you're hurting yourself. Or I could ask it like this. Are you filling your life with things that are unrighteous and therefore you're crowding out God and His righteousness? Do you have that constant gnawing feeling? Something's not right. That, that constant feeling of something's missing and you just can't put your finger on it. Jesus just did. Do you have a void? These are kind of redundant, I think. Do you have a void in your life that just can't seem to be filled and remains empty in spite of your attempts to fill it? Do you have unhealthy behavior, language, treatment of others, bad habits or hang-ups, and you just can't shake it? Does it seem like your life is marked by failure and failings? Are you hungry? Have you ever made the courageous decision? Maybe this is it. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You don't get righteousness on your own. You can't. It's something you it's sought and given by another, and that other is God. Have you ever even taken that one step to say, Jesus, I need you. I completely submit my life to you, and I give my life to you in baptism. And at that point, Scripture promises your sins are forgiven, and you are filled. That's the word that's used. Filled with God's presence, the Holy Spirit. Have you even taken that step? If not, why not? Why stay hungry? 
Or have you taken that step of faith many years ago, but you've kind of taken steps away from that? Other things have become dominant in your life, and all of a sudden you're feeling empty all over again. Are you hungry? The hungry and thirsty of this beatitude are blessed not because they are righteous, but because they hunger and thirst for it. I love that. The focus here is not on desire. Just the opposite. The focus here is on desire, not attainment. And Dawn's mother in her, her beautiful book writes these words of this beatitude. Man has no longings that God cannot satisfy. He wants to. Oh, he wants to, to fill your life with his goodness, with his presence, with his fullness, and his righteousness. Oh, he wants to. You don't have to convince him. Not at all. The choice is is yours. It's the fourth of life's healing choices. Choosing righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would do what I can't do. I can't say, now that means for you this, it means for you this. I can't individually tell everybody what it means for each one of them. So I'm asking, Spirit, that you would do that. I'm asking you would help each one of us to see in what way this lesson, these words of yours are applicable in our lives today. Speak to us, Father. Rekindle in us that holy hunger and thirst for you that we have suppressed. Forgive us for filling our lives with things that can never satisfy. We come to you today with open, open mouths, open arms, and open hearts that you might fulfill your promise to fill us with you and your righteousness. Would you stand with me? We're going to continue in our, in our time of prayer, and I'm asked that our shepherds be available. And if it's on your heart, if you need to respond and go to one of them in prayer, um, Bob is going to be out in the foyer to pray with anybody who would like to. We have more people here with needs than we have shepherds available. So if you know of someone that needs your prayers this morning, or if you're one of those people that needs it, reach out to someone. Let's go before God in prayer. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs every Sunday at 1040 a.m. as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.